सो हेलो गाइज आई एम कनिक्स प्रताप सिंह एंड इन द लास्ट एपिसोड ऑफ दिस पॉडकास्ट आई हैव टोल्ड यू अबाउट द फर्स्ट पार्ट ऑफ द फर्स्ट चैप्टर ऑफ पिंग्स ऑफ फायर एंड टुडे आई एम गॉन टू टेल यू अबाउट द सेकेंड पार्ट ऑफ द फर्स्ट चैप्टर सो लेट्स बिगिन विद द सेकेंड पार्ट आई वॉज अबाउट सिक्स ईयर ओल्ड वैन आई फादर एम बाग ऑन द प्रोजेक्ट ऑफ बिल्डिंग अ वुडन सेल बोर्ड टू टेक पेलग्रेम्स फ्रॉम रामेश्वरम टू धनुषकोड़ी ऑल्सो कॉल्ड सेठू ककड़िया एंड बैग ही वर्क एट बिल्डिंग द बोर्ड ऑन द सी शोर विद द हेल्प ऑफ अ रिलेटिव अहमद जलालुद्दीन हु लेटर मैरिड माई सिस्टर जोहरा आई वॉच द बोर्ड टेक शेप द वुडन हल एंड द बल्क हेड्स वर सीजन विद हीट वुड फायर्स माई फादर वॉज डूइंग गुड बिजनेस विद द बोर्ड वैन वन डे अ साइक्लोन ब्रिंगिंग विंड्स ऑफ ओवर हंड्रेड माइल्स पर आर कैरिट अवे आर बोर्ड अलॉन्ग विद सम ऑफ द लैंडमार्क्स ऑफ सेठू कराई एंड पैमन ब्रिज कोलेप्स विद अ ट्रेन फुल ऑफ पैसेंजर्स ऑन इट अंटिल देन आई हैड ओनली सीन द ब्यूटी ऑफ द सी नाउ इट्स अनकंट्रोलेबल एनर्जी केम एज अ रिलीवेशन टू मी बाय द टाइम द बोट मेट इट्स अल्टीमेटली एंड अहमद जलालुद्दीन हैड बिकम अ क्लोज फ्रेंड ऑफ माइंड डिस्पाइट द डिफरेंट इन आर एजेस ही वॉज अबाउट फिफ्टीन ईयर्स ओल्डर दैन आई एंड यूज टू कॉल मी आजाद वी यूज टू गो फॉर लॉन्ग वॉक्स टूगेदर एवरी इवनिंग एज वी स्टार्टड फ्रॉम मॉस्क्यू स्ट्रीट एंड मेड आर वे टूवर्ड्स द सेंडी शोर्स ऑफ द आईलैंड जलालुद्दीन एंड आई टॉक्ड मेनली ऑफ स्परिचुअल मैटर्स द एटमोसफियर ऑफ रामेश्वरम विद इट्स ब्लॉकिंग फिलग्रेम्स was conducive to such discussion our first halt would be at the imposing temple of lord shiva circling around the temple with the same reverence as any pilgrim from a distant part of the country we felt a flow of energy pass through us jalaluddin would talk about god as if we had a working partnership with him he would present all his doubts to god as if he was standing nearby to dispose of them I was stare at Jalaluddin and then looked towards the large group of pilgrims around the temple taking holy dips in the sea performing rituals and reciting prayers with a sense of respect towards the same unknown whom we treat as the formless almighty i never doubted that the prayers in the temple reach the same destination as the ones offered in our mosque i only wondered whether jalaluddin had any other special connection to god Jalaluddin's schooling had been limited principally because of his family straitened circumstances. This may have been the reason why he always encouraged me to excel in my studies and enjoyed my success vigorously. Never did I find the slightest trace to resentment in Jalaluddin for his deprivation rather he was always full of gratitude for whatever life had chosen to give him. Incidentally at the time I speak of He was the only person on the entire island who could write English. He wrote letters for almost anybody in need, be they letters of application or otherwise. Nobody of my acquaintance, either in my family or in the neighborhood even, had Jalaluddin's level of education or any link of consequence with the outside world. Jalaluddin always spoke to me about the educated people, of scientific discoveries, of contemporary literature. and of the achievements of medical science it was he who made me aware of a brave new world beyond our narrow confines in the humble environments of my boyhood 
Books were a scarce commodity. By local standards, however, the personal library of S.T.R. Manikam, a former revolutionary or militant nationalist, was sizable. He encouraged me to read all the good I had often visited his home to borrow books. Another person who greatly influenced my boyhood was my first cousin, Samusuddin. He was the sole distributor for newspaper in Rameswaram. The newspapers would arrive at Rameswaram station by the morning train from Pamban. Samusuddin's newspaper agency was a one-man organization catering to the reading demands of the thousand-strong literate population of Rameswaram town. These newspapers were mainly bought to keep abreast of current developments in the national independence movement for astrological reference or to check the billion rates prevailing in Madras. A few readers with a more compilation outlook with discuss Hitler, Mahatma Gandhi, and Jinnah. Almost all would finally flow into the mighty political current of Perrier A.V. Ramaswamy's movement against high-caste Hindus. Dinamani was the most sought-after newspaper. Since reading the printed matter was beyond my capability, I had to satisfy myself with glancing at the pictures in the newspaper before Samasuddin delivered to his customers. So guys, second parts end here. So let's meet in the next episode of Wings of Fire. Hello guys, I am Kanish Pratap Singh and today I am going to tell you the autobiography of APJ Abdul Kalam, a great scientist and our former president of India. So let's begin with the first part of the first chapter. I was born into a middle class Tamil family in the island town of Rameswaram in the erstwhile Madras state. My father, Janulabdin, had neither much formal education nor much wealth. Despite this disadvantage, he possessed great innate wisdom and a true generosity of spirit. He had an ideal helpmate in my mother, Ashyama. I do not recall the exact number of people she fed every day. But I am quite certain that far more outsiders ate with us than all the members of our own family put together. My parents were widely regarded as an ideal couple. My mother's lineage was the more distinguished one of her forebears having been bestowed the title of Bahadur by the British. I was one of many children, a short boy with rather undistinguished looks born to tall and handsome parents. We lived in our ancestral house which was built in the middle of the 19th century. It was a fairly large pakka house made of limestone and brick on the Moscow street in Rameswaram. My austere father used to avoid all in essentials, comfort and luxuries. However, all necessities were provided for in terms of food medicine or clothes. In fact, I would say mine was a very secure childhood, both materially and emotionally. I normally ate with my mother sitting on the floor of the kitchen. She would place a banana leaf before me on which she then ladled rice and aromatic sambar, a variety of sharp homemade pickles and a dollop of fresh coconut chutney. The famous Shiv temple, which was made Rameswaram so sacred to pilgrims, was about a 10-minute walk from our house. Our locality was predominantly Muslim, but there was a quite a few Hindu families too. 
living amicably with their Muslim neighbors, there was a very old mosque in our locality where my father would take me for evening prayers. I had not the faintest idea of the meaning of the Arabic prayers chanted, but I was totally convinced that they reached God. When my father came out the mosque after the prayers, people of different religions would be sitting outside waiting for him. Many of them offered bowels to water to my father, who would tip his fingertips in them and say a prayer, which water was then carried home for invalids. I also remember people visiting our home to offer thanks after being cured. My father always smiled and asked them to thanks Allah, the benevolent and merciful. The high priest of Rameswaram temple, Pakshi Lakshman Sastri, was a very close friend of my father's. One of the most vivid memories of my early childhood is of the two men, each in his traditional attire, discussing spiritual matters. When I was old enough to ask questions, I asked my father about the relevance of prayer. My father told me there was nothing mysterious about prayer. Rather, prayer made possible a communion of the spirit between people. When you pray, he said, you transcend your body and become a part of the cosmos, which knows no division of wealth, age, caste, or creed. My father could convey complex spiritual concepts in very simple, down-to-earth Tamil. He once told me in his own time, in his own place, in what he really is, and in the stage he is reached, good or bad. Every human being is a specific element within the whole of the manifest divine being. So why be afraid of difficulties, sufferings and problems? When troubles come, try to understand the relevance of your sufferings. Adversity always present opportunity for introspection. Why don't you say this to people who come to you for help and advice? I asked my father. He put his hand on my shoulders and looked straight into my eyes. For quite some time, he said nothing, as if he was judging my capacity to comprehend his words. Then he answered in a low, deep voice. His answer filled me with a strange energy and enthusiasm. Whenever human beings find themselves alone, as a natural reaction, they start looking for company. Whenever they are in trouble, they look for someone to help them. Whenever they reach an impasse, they look to someone to show them the way out. Every recurrent anguish, longing and desire find its own special help. For the people who come to me in distress, I am but a go-between in their effort to propitiate demonic forces with prayers and offerings. This is not a correct approach at all and should never be followed. One must understand the difference between a fear-ridden vision of destiny and the vision that enables us to seek the enemy of fulfillment within ourselves. I remember my father starting his day at 4 a.m. by reading the namaz before dawn. After the namaz, he used to walk down to a small coconut grove we owned. About 4 miles from our home, he would return with about a dozen coconuts tied together thrown over his shoulder and only then would be have his breakfast. This remained his routine even when he was in late. 60s. I have throughout my life tried to emulate my father in my own world of science and technology. 
I have endeavored to understand the fundamental truths revealed to me by my father and feel convinced that there exists a divine power that can lift one up from confusion, misery, melancholy and failure and guide one to one's true place and once an individual serves his emotional and physical bondage, he is on the road to freedom, happiness and peace of mind. First part ends here. Curious about the second part? So stay tuned for the next episode.